0: Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church, Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. And now, here's Michael Hansen with this week's message. <laughs> Good job, Bill. No, I'm joking. That's probably really... I'm going to get beat up. All those guys are like, funny. Yeah, keep it up, clown man. We'll, we'll see you in the parking lot after the service. Thanks for trying to figure that out, you guys. But hey, good evening. <clears throat> it's great to see all of you. Uh, good morning to those of you online. We hope you're having a great morning. Uh, I'm going to jump right in. Last weekend, Andrew finished off, wrapped up our series looking at spiritual gifts, and I have heard so many uh, just wonderful comments on that. If you missed any of that series, <clears throat> you can go to vcdc.org, our website, where you can, uh, uh, you can catch up on any that you missed. Next weekend, Andrew is, Andrew's a busy guy. Andrew's gonna be kicking off a new series where we're gonna be looking at the Old Testament character, Joseph. Uh, it's a very cool story, very fun story, and believe it or not, that series is going to take us all the way to Advent, which means four weeks before Christmas, which is uh, seems kind of weird to even be saying that. But this weekend, <clears throat> I'm going to be doing uh, a part two of a talk that I did back in June, and if you didn't hear this talk back in June, again, you can go on our website, it's there. But that talk, uh, you can see there, was called The Kingdom of Heaven Way, and it was a response as things were really heating up with uh, racial issues, etc., it was really a response to that. Racial issues, COVID-19, um, uh, there were protests starting in cities, there were, you know, growing political divisions, and, and in that series, I, or in that uh, talk, I challenged... Us. I said, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, I challenged us to consider, if you remember this, the order of the filters in your heart, meaning like how you make decisions, how you sort of view life and, and etc. And and <clears throat> I said in the talk, there's nothing wrong with having strong political filters, you know, to being active politically. In fact, right now I'd encourage us to be praying for our president and for his uh, for the first lady. Is there uh, hopefully quick to recover from, from coronavirus. But there's nothing wrong with having strong political filters. There's nothing wrong with having strong filters regarding issues of race, uh, regarding social justice. In fact, our faith demands a loving response uh, and, and a loving action in those areas and many more. But what I said in that talk was, but, but as followers of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven filter has to come first. And when I say the kingdom of heaven of filter, really it's another way of saying, well, what God has to say about the different issues. Well, you know, God's view, God's opinion, what he, what he says through the Bible, uh, that, that, that has to come first in our approach to life, decision making, et cetera, et cetera. So that was part one of the kingdom of heaven away. And, and now thankfully since then, things have really settled down, haven't they? that's a joke. I'm glad you laugh. It's like, no, not, not at all. And part of why I'm doing this talk tonight is that I really have had a growing concern for us. This is really a church family talk uh, this weekend. I've had a growing concern for us as a church family because I, as I'm hearing stories of how people are weathering or not weathering uh, this crazy storm that we're going through, I know that some people, many people, feel overwhelmed uh emotionally, overwhelmed mentally. Uh, there, there is uh, great, uh, uh, I've heard many people say that they feel weak in their faith. I've heard people say they feel so disconnected from God. They feel very disconnected from each other. And I, really, my heart goes out to those of you who are online. I uh, just know that we love you and we miss you, but there's, there's that sense of being disconnected. And then um, there's also a just a real strong. Uh, there's so much division right now. There's division in families. There's division in uh, in friendships. There's division in our church family, and there's a lot of division right now because there are so many different issues to be uh, divided over. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've found it incredibly challenging to try and research and get my head around lots of these issues when. When I look at it and I go, I don't even know what's true anymore. I find that really, really stretching and and tiring. And and it seems to me, and I might be wrong in saying this. You can ask ask my wife, Helen. I've been wrong three times. But uh, it seems to me like the way we're coping with the confusion is by melting all these issues down to two boxes, where really you just have two choices and you have to choose. It's like you're either a Republican or you're a Democrat, choose, right? It's either black lives matter, all lives matter, choose. It's either we need to support the police, we need to defund the police, you need to choose. It's either masks or no masks, you need to choose. And when I look at that, that approach is incredibly divisive, and and what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing is it's also incredibly exhausting. So let me ask you a question for us as a church family, and this is a centering question. As followers of Jesus, in times like this, where should we turn? Where should we run? From whom should we take our cues? Yeah, it's always the right answer in church, almost always. But, so here, but think about that. Okay? And that like, we really need to think about that. Here's some, here's some really good advice in this season we're going through. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, because you don't, you don't understand. In all your ways, submit to him, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. That's good advice. How about this? John 8, 31, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, that's, that's just two verses, but that, there's a lot of good news in those two verses, like, like, doesn't that sound super attractive? Straight paths in such a crooked, confusing time. Or, or just that thought of actually knowing the truth, the truth that gives life, that gives hope, that gives peace, the truth that, that sets you free in a time that is, is mentally uh, exhausting. Last weekend, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was saying to someone, boy, I can't wait for 2020 to be in the rearview mirror. Like, let's just get this bad boy over with. And I said that to the person, and then I walked away. And as I walked away, I felt like the Lord just nudged me in in regarding to what I just said to that person. And he said, actually, son, remember, you have to remember that I do my best work in the most unlikely times. You have to remember, son, that when things look darkest, when things are the most confusing, when things are the most painful, think of the cross, That's when I'm doing my best work. And is that just, like literally that flicked a switch in my heart. And I thought, instead of let's get this bad boy over with. Something stirred up in my heart. And and I thought, oh Lord, don't let us miss what you are doing in this crazy season, 2020. Don't let us miss what you are wanting to do uh, in us as individuals and as a church family. And So tonight, really, that's in this kingdom of heaven way too. Part deux, that is what I want to talk about. So first, let's pray, and then we'll jump in. So Lord, thanks. Uh, Just as soon as Maddie started to sing, I just felt your presence fill the room. And I I know I'm not alone with that. And so we just say, we we want whatever you want to do tonight. And I confess, Lord, I feel so inadequate to say what's burning in my heart right now. And so I trust you to go way beyond my words to come and and meet people in personal ways. So we welcome you here. Come come teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Uh, So 2020, in this crazy season, what I want to talk about tonight is that we have an opportunity to, number one, take hold of the new. Okay, well, what does that mean? That's pretty general, uh, pretty generic. Well, new what? In this season, we, get it, we have an opportunity to take hold of a new perspective. God wants to renew our perspective on how we view what's going on right now, on how we you know, walk through what's going on in the culture right now. And, and I'm sure I've said this before, uh, but I am convinced that as followers of Jesus, one of the things that he is working in your life and mine is, and hopefully this makes sense, is to make us more like thermostats than thermometers right i think i've said that before he wants to make us more like thermostats than thermometers here's what i mean that we would increasingly be a people who are not dragged around by the temperature changes in our lives and in our culture thermometers but rather that we would be a people so connected to the furnace of all furnaces that we would live our lives at a set temperature a temperature of his setting regardless of what's going on in our lives or in our culture. Does that make sense? Would you buy my book? <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I'll sell one, and my parents too. Okay, but we, we totally see this principle played out in the life of one, after Jesus, one of the heroes in the New Testament, a guy named Paul. And, you know, Paul was one of the key church leaders in in the first century. And talk about, you know, talk about both personal and cultural ups and downs as he lived his life, as he followed Jesus. But like this guy, Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was beat up by authorities. Paul was beat up by the locals. Paul was left for dead. Paul would, you know, be jumping out of windows to escape and flee for his life. Paul spent lots of time... In, in Roman prisons, all of this because he was a follower of Jesus. And uh, many of the letters, I think we forget this sometimes, but many of the letters that we study in the New Testament that Paul wrote, many of those letters were written from prison. He was in prison. And in one of those letters, it's the letter to the Ephesians, two times Paul makes a, uh, just a very profound statement. Here's what he says. Ephesians 3.1, Paul says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. This letter is written from prison. Or Ephesians 4.1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now, what I just read there is so important, really, for what I'm trying to say uh, this evening. And when I talk about taking hold of a new perspective, that Right there is the new perspective that I'm talking about, that God is really, that we have an opportunity to grab onto now in 2020. See, when I, when I read those verses or when I read those verses, uh, knowing the story, and I know many of you are familiar with the story, and, but basically in a nutshell, he was in prison uh, 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 like he was innocent. He was innocent, and yet he's in prison. Uh, he's merely thrown in prison because he believed in Jesus and his words and what he says in those two sections really say so much about Paul's perspective, looking at what he's going through. Now, if, if I, or, and I, and I think I can speak for all of us, if we wrote this letter, we would, it would be very different, right? Or let me, I'll just speak for myself. If I wrote this letter, I would go out of my way to, to let you know that I am innocent, and I am wrongfully, I have wrongfully been thrown in prison. You know, I would be fighting for my rights. I'd be calling, you know, every embassy. I could, I could get a number for if they had them in those days. I would be lawyering up like crazy. I would be complaining about the conditions. I would be complaining, you know, about being a prisoner of the Romans. On and on and on. But Paul doesn't see it that way. He doesn't see it that way. He had a very different perspective. Here's Paul's perspective. Hey, friends. My life is not in the hands of the Romans. My life is not in the hands of the jailers. My life is not in the hands of politicians or city officials. My life is in the hands of a good God who is always with me, always for me, and who is always greater than anything this world can throw at me. See, that's that's the new perspective. Paul lived his wife this, this way. Here, here was his perspective. No matter what he was going through, like he's getting beat up. He's getting beat up. No matter, and I'm joking, but I'm not. right? No matter what he was going through, he was always looking over the shoulder of the struggle, of the person, of whatever was going on, the situation. He's always looking over the shoulder and he's looking for Jesus. And he's, you know, where are you in this, Jesus? Like, what are you doing in this, Jesus? What are you you wanting me to do? to do in this situation, Jesus. No matter how hot or how cold the culture was or the situation was, Paul didn't let it pull him away from the kingdom setting determined by Jesus. You know, the the new perspective. And last weekend, if you were here, I don't know if you remember that Andrew made this comment. I think it made made us laugh. But he said, uh, Paul probably was really smart. Do you remember that? Remember he said that? And, and you know what, when I look at this new perspective that Paul has, I thought, well, you know, I bet he was really smart, uh, but is that why he had this perspective? Because he was really smart and he figured it out, right? Or did he have this new perspective And because he was some super Christian? Of course not. I mean, Paul was just a human being like you and like me. So how, how did Paul get to this place that he could say what he said? How did he discover And take hold of this new perspective on life. He answers it this way. Philippians 4. Paul says this. He says, well, I I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So what I want to focus in on is this. How did you get there, Paul? How did you get this new perspective? And it's three simple words. Paul would say, well... I have learned, I have learned, right, it's like, like well, how did you learn, Paul, was it like when, as soon as you said Jesus, yes to Jesus, was it like a matrix download, remember the matrix, hole in the back of the head, or whatever that was, but was it like this, it just happened, you just suddenly got that new perspective, as soon as you said yes to Jesus, we'd say no, no, that's not when it happened, things really changed, but that's not what had happened. Uh, did you go to some big conference in Jerusalem or like? I'm being silly now. But but how did he learn? How did you learn this new perspective? The learning took place in the midst of the hard times, right? In that place where God does His best work. See, and in those hard times, like exactly like what we are going through right now, confusing, stressful you know, anxiety, all the different emotions, etc. In those hard times, in order to learn, Paul had to make a choice over and over and over. A choice of letting go of his perspective on what's going on, letting go of that, and then taking hold of God's perspective. He says this about the learning process. Again, Philippians 3. Paul says, okay, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, letting go, and straining toward what is head, grabbing hold, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Or another way to put it, the learning process would, would look like this. Paul would say, but one thing I do, I am constantly making exchanges with God. See, like how do you know when, it, when, when, you, when you need to let go of something in your life? Well, one of the, some of the indicators would be that thing is causing you pain. That thing is causing you, it's stealing your joy. That thing is making you an angry person. That thing is causing relationships to fracture around you. I mean, you could go on and on. Like, those are indicators. And so Paul would say, you know, I'm learning to make exchanges with God. I'm handing over to him what is hurting me. I'm handing over to him what is scaring me. I'm handing over to him what I'm angry about. I'm handing over to him what's confusing to me. I'm handing over to him what's disappointing to me. On and on and on. You know, I'm handing it over to God, and in return, I'm receiving from him I'm discovering as I do that that I I really can do hard things. I really can change in the midst of crazy times. I really can find peace in the middle of a global of a global storm and it's and it's all found in take letting go and taking hold of Christ, of his perspective. And that's how Paul learned and it's going to be the same for you and it's going to be the same for me. There there are no Shortcuts, And so number one is take hold of the new, the new perspective. And then in order to do that, the second point is, this will be a big shocker, let go of the old. Thank you, Captain Obvious. You're welcome. Right? Take hold of the new, but first we have to let go of the old. And I, I remember in school, uh, we had a thing called pop quizzes. I don't know if they still do that anymore. That's what we call them in Canada. I probably have a different name here. But you know what I mean? A pop quiz, a pop test. Where, you know, the, the purpose of a test, really, or part of the purpose of a test is to find out, both for the, the teacher and the student, well, just what the student actually knows. And is that student, are they actually learning anything? And, and the beauty of a pop quiz uh, is that it really made you honest, right? Because you didn't know it was coming, that's the name, and uh, so you didn't have time to, to study. And, and so, basically, you knew what you knew when you took the test. And I am convinced that 2020 is a pop quiz for the church. I'm sure there's other things going on, right? But I really am. I'm convinced. We did, we did not see this coming. And, and are we not, as we go through this, as we're taking this test, are we not discovering what we know? Are we not discovering what we believe are we not discovering like what what really is important to us and i this might sound strange but i think you'll get this i really think this season we're in is a gift it's a gift to us what what i mean is this if it wasn't for the adversity and just the craziness of this season right if it wasn't for the for the the adversity i think if I was being honest, and I think I could say this for you, wouldn't it have been so easy in 2020 to just cruise to the end of another year asleep at the wheel of our faith? Totally clueless to the true condition of our hearts. See, I'm convinced God loves his church so much that he's saying, I'm not going to let you be lukewarm. Right, I'm, I'm, I, I have, the plans I have for you are way too big and way too important. So he sort of looks over, Q2020, here, here we go. Listen to this quote. Uh, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our praise. It is a megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And I mean, look at planet Earth. We have definitely been roused we have definitely been roused. And you know, when I look at where we're at right now, this is in this place of so much anger, so many strong emotions, so many strong opinions. This is the exact place where if Paul was here, he would say, you guys, this is, this is the place. This is the exact place where I learned. This is the place where I learned how to let go of my perspective and grab onto his perspective. It was in this place of so much confusion. It was this place where I learned to, you know, to, to discover that they're, you know, his way of living, his way of seeing all that we're going through, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Paul, his letting go and his grabbing hold, the letting go looked like this for Paul. We see this all through his writings. It, it meant laying down his rights. It meant laying down his comforts, laying down his perspective, laying down his plans in order to take hold of the new. And he knew if he was going to follow Jesus, it meant humbling himself, and, and this will be really popular. This goes against the grain of our, of our flesh. He knew that what, what needed to happen was it meant someone else would need to make the decisions for his life, right? The new perspective. That he knew that basically he had to let someone else set the thermostat for his life. Does that make sense? Okay, three of you, that's great. So like Paul, Paul was a, like a superhero in the New Testament, Like, he was this amazing man, and he could have called himself. He could have given himself lots of titles. He could have said, I, Paul, you know, the great apostle, greater than Peter of Jesus Christ. I, Paul, the great miracle worker of Jesus Christ. I mean, there's just crazy things that God did to this guy. I, Paul, the captain of the team of Jesus Christ. I mean, he was a church planning guru, I, Paul, the great theologian of Jesus Christ. He could have given himself so many titles, but what does he call himself? He says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. And that's another way of saying, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. See, Paul understood something about being a follower of Jesus. This is the call to follow Jesus, Mark eight thirty four. <clears throat> then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, Jesus said, Hey, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Meaning, hands off the thermostat. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Now, you know, do you realize that right now, you, me, we have beliefs attitudes we have we have beliefs about god we have beliefs about ourselves we have beliefs about our country our world we have beliefs about our times that literally are getting in the way of us following jesus we have to let go and we have to take hold like there's no other way to follow jesus like, there's no sort of, you know, bargaining or compromise. Like, okay, how about, uh, how about 60-40? Or how about 70-30? I mean, good luck. Good luck on that one. I mean, that's not, how it's, that's not how it works. And what God is working in your life and mine is that we would all, this side of heaven, that we would all come to a place where we would join Paul with full abandon with hearts full of joy, that we would join Paul and we would say, I, your name here, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. See, and, 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 and Paul, in laying it down and you know, letting go and taking hold, Paul discovered that it was so worth it. Philippians 3, 7, Paul says, but whatever were gains to me, all those things I was holding on to, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. There's nothing. There's nothing this world can offer that comes close to knowing Jesus. For uh, I consider everything. Oh, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider those things garbage that I may gain Christ. See, as we let go and grab hold, we too. And I know you could probably, we could probably you know, pass a mic around and you would say, yeah, here's how I have discovered that what Paul just said there is really true. That to let go of my ways and to take hold of, of his ways, the ways of Jesus, it really has been the best thing, the best thing I've ever done. You know, I was thinking when I was writing this talk that um, uh, we love hearing stories of great revivals great renewals, you know, in the church and uh, in, within culture. And it's kind of like, man, wouldn't it have been so cool to be part of one of the great awakenings? Just to, you know, just to be there would have been awesome. Or Azusa Street, uh, the Azusa Street Revival or Jesus People Movement, all those things. Wouldn't that have been so awesome? And I believe, I believe that we're in a place like that right now. Like, I really believe that the church has an incredible opportunity to step into and be part of a move of God that is going on in 2020. Because this year will be in the history books, I guarantee you. But I believe that God has some amazing things planned. And I also believe that that opportunity hinges on whether or not we as individuals, we as a church family are willing to let go of our perspective and, and to take hold of of gods see i uh, i believe that you and i were made for such a time as this you know how i know that because you're alive right now and and i believe we do have an incredible opportunity to shine light and uh, and hope in a very dark time in our culture i believe that we have an opportunity that we may never get again in our lifetimes to, through our actions, through our attitudes, through our words, literally to show the great love of Jesus to a, to a hurting, angry, uh, a fearful world. But again, that will take you and I letting go of everything else in order to grab onto this new perspective, to grab onto uh, what Jesus has for us. So let me throw this out. Maybe this, this is more personal. So what do you need to let go of? And I realize when I say this, uh, whoops, pardon me. Uh, you know, talking to people online or here in the room. Uh, what do you need to let go of? Could it be your rights, your comforts, your getting your way? Could it be in this time that, that the opportunity that, that, you know, in this pop quiz, that it, God has created for you an opportunity to learn more about submission to him? To learn more of the example of Jesus. Hey, not my will, but yours be done. Could that be? Could it be in this season that the thing that you need to let go of are your fears? Your fears over the virus, your fears about the economy, your fears over the election, your fears for the future. Could it be that God has created this time where he wants to teach you that he really is way bigger than all of this and that he really does have you in his hand? Uh, could it be that, you know, in this time that what, what you might need to let go to is, is putting way too much confidence in mankind to fix this? to You know, putting way too much hope and trust in politicians and in the experts to fix and to lead us through all of this? And I believe God's created this time for you to let go of that and to discover, to discover like a new allegiance that you would have a new revelation of the king of all Kings and you know I'm convinced church that there's there really is so much at stake right now in 2020 Uh, the condition of our hearts our witness to the world uh, our unity as a church family our unity as a church body so here's how we want to end off if you want to stand up uh, Maddie and Matt you guys come on up Um, we're going to end off tonight by taking communion so those of you online if you want to grab uh, some bread and some juice to join us, that would be awesome. Um, and if you didn't grab communion elements there at the back tables, just grab them, and uh, I'll lead us through that in a second. But I can't think of a better way to end off our evening than something that we get to do together. To me, communion is such a beautiful picture of unity, community—or sorry, communion—is. It's a, it's a picture where the, the, big, the whole family gathers around one table, right? And we gather around one table and, and together we remember and celebrate one Savior, Jesus. Jesus, the one who, who unites us. And so uh, I want us to prepare our hearts before we take communion by reading a prayer together. I've, um, if you want to pop that up there. Let's read this prayer together. And then I'll lead us through communion. That's, here we go. Jesus, thank you that I am part of your body, the church. Thank you that you love your church and died for your church. Give me the same heart for your church that you have. Let the love that you have poured into me flow out to others. I choose to forgive those that sin against me. And ask you to heal my heart of any offense or bitterness that I may carry towards others. Holy Spirit, as I sit here at the table, give me your heart of love and compassion towards my brothers and sisters. Let us truly know what it is to be one in you. So on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread, he broke it, he gave thanks, and he said, this this bread represents my body that was broken for you. Let's take the bread. Lord, would you come, just the name communion, would you come and commune with us? Lord, even as we, you know, we consume this reminder of your body broken for us, I pray that you would come close. That you would draw us close to you and to one another. In the same way, he took the cup, said, This cup, this juice represents my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of all our sins. Whenever you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup. Just come, Lord. Such a simple little exercise, remembering the most powerful event that has ever happened. So we're going to go back into worship. Uh, Maddie and Matt are going to lead us and we'll worship for a couple songs. Um, let's just enter in. And if you get a word, picture, something that you feel might be for the group, I'd ask you to come over here. Vicky's right over here in the corner. I'll be over in that section too. But just come on up, let us know. And then after that, we'll take some time to pray for each other. Let's worship. Well.